Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Coach Alonda Brooks, and you are listening to I Am Becoming. I have the phenomenal childhood obesity advocate, Ms. Constance Woolard. She is a professional speaker, a visionary nurse leader, a mindset coach, a six-time best-selling author. She is emerging force in the nation and the national and global community. Ms. Constance recently collaborated with Dr. Cheryl Woods and the legendary Les Brown in the Unleash Your Undeniable Impact Anthology speaking tour in November of 2021. She is a co-author of the Women Who Pray Collaborative, Igniting 90 Days of Prayer. Ms. Willard is featured as a featured author of the heart of a leader. She is also a co-author of the Sister Leaders Anthology and the co-author of More Precious Than Gems. She knows her worth anthology. She collaborates with leaders by assisting them with clarity, core values, prioritizing well-being, and effectively communicating to resolve leadership dilemmas. She is dedicated to motivating and empowering others to be their best self. Ms. Constance speaking encompasses numerous podcasts such as Mobile Media Media, long-term care heroes, and Beaker's Healthcare Review. She was chosen to speak at the Sean Fair Leadership Experience Tour in Troy, Michigan. She is also speaker for the Chase Brown Comeback Champions Summit. She is a feature speaker with the WIN Conference, Women Influence and Women Leader Conference. Um, her motivational speaking provides strategies on recognizing sabotaging behavior and how to overcome those behaviors. Ms. Willard is a dynamic powerhouse and strives to inspire, motivate, and empower others to become and present their best self. She tells her personal struggle of lacking self-confidence and low self-esteem related to issues surrounding childhood obesity. The main focus of her talks are raw and personal, and she encourages others to unleash the residue of their struggles to soar and strive towards personal excellence and accomplishments. She is a native of Gulfport, Mississippi, and has held numerous key leadership roles over the past 30 years, including Veterans Health Care Systems, Concord Career College, Inc., and WellPath Recovery Solutions. Her main focus as a visionary leader is to develop nursing leaders and preparing the future of nurse leadership. She is a subject matter expert on leadership issues such as team building, effective communication, working with diverse generations in the workplace, and diversity and inclusion. Ms. Willard also consulted with various nursing programs on curriculum development program implementation, she has a master's in registered nursing and is currently a division director of nursing. Her leadership spans 16 sites covering 12 states. Her nursing and leadership career has been dedicated to creating high quality, reliable systems of care, developing the next generation of nurses and creating systems. She received her bachelor's of science in nursing from William Carey University and a master's of science in nursing education from William Carey University. She was nominated by Beaker's Healthcare Review as a healthcare hero for 2020, well past nursing leader in 2020, and 100 successful women of Gulf Coast in, this, in year 2020. She is one of the top most influential women of 2021. Her favorite quote is, forgive your younger self, embrace your present self, become your future self, dare to be a force. Welcome, Queen. Welcome, Ms. Constance Willard. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just so happy to be here and proud to be on your platform today. Oh, it's an honor. It is an honor. I really want to get into this because you know, here at I Am Becoming, we definitely try to bring a diverse 
platform of people with a level of expertise. And I definitely, as myself, honestly can say I struggle with childhood abusing myself. And as a mom, I definitely, it's near and dear to my heart to absolutely during this pandemic, make sure that we are getting these children active so they also don't have to suffer uh, with some of the things, you know, because that's a, that's a generational curse in my family, um, obesity. So definitely um, it started in, in childhood. So it's something that I definitely want to stamp out for my children, but as well as give them the option at least and give them the tools to overcome it before it overcomes them. So I definitely want to jump into that. Um, how do we spot the signs of childhood abuse? Well, it's very easy to spot. Okay, the hard thing to spot is the way that it affects the child. So of course, the signs are visible. We see the weight gain mm -hmm. in the children. Um, we notice that they're not as active as they should be. We notice that they're eating a little bit too much. And yes. so those are the first things that we can pay attention to and that we can pick up on with children. The visible weight gain, um, just the overeating itself, uh, poor food choices, and just limited activity yeah those are definitely um obvious signs right so i know for me food was like a celebration so i'm part caribbean on one side and of course uh one side of my family is from the deep south so you know i felt like food growing up was a celebration and so um every celebration always had food right and so you begin to attach a happy emotion to eating. So I want to know kind of what can we do to like, I think that the, the root obviously, would you say, is like the, the feeling behind the food too? Yes, it is. And, you know, I know for me, I grew up in the South. And so, you know, my mom was, grew up in the deep South. My dad was from South Carolina in, in the low country. So we had two different influences. We had the Gullah influence. Mm -hmm. And then I also had the Southern cooking, you know, the macaroni and cheese, the collard greens, the cornbread, all those things. And so it was like a daily, it was a reward system in some cases. It was a reward system for me. You know, if you did good, I'd bake you your favorite dessert mm. or I'd make you your favorite dish. Or if you had been good, you know, I'd go to visit one grandmother. She fixed all the things that I liked as a reward system. And the same thing with my mom. You know, she'd make my favorite brownies or whatever. It was a reward system. Also, yes, it was a celebration because every, every family get together, we had all the food. The food was displayed, yeah. it was there. And so me being an only child and where I grew up, when we first moved there, we were the only family in that neighborhood because they hadn't started to develop the neighborhood. So my mom and I were home by ourselves during the day while my dad was gone. So everything we did centered around food. My mom would bake cookies and we'd have high tea and cookies and pastries. And then she always fixed a big healthy breakfast, all the things I liked. And she always fixed lunch, whatever I wanted, be it hamburgers, french fries, whatever. It was my choice. She fixed it. And so as I tell people, it was an addiction for me, food. My parents supplied it very well. Yeah. I was able to eat at liberty and nobody questioned it or stopped me, it was there and it was always available. And it was also a comfort. 
You know, if I went to school that day and had a bad day at school, I came home and I could just fix my snacks and whatever I wanted. And that was comfort for me. That's how I kept myself company because I didn't have siblings and there were no other children around for a short period of time. So yeah, you're right. So how do we get children away from that? Teach them that food. Yes, we have food in a celebration, but maybe change the way we do celebrations. Okay. Yeah. And then also teach them that food is necessary for us to live, for nutritional values and so forth to help the body to function, but it's not to overeat. And it's not a way of life. It is for us to live as a method or a mode of us to sustain life. And so that's very important. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, you know, we're, we're still in the pandemic. I know that um, the pandemic definitely uh, was the comfort season, right? We're indoors. Um, we, it started kind of like at the tail end of winter, early spring. Um, so we're indoors, we're bored, we're eating, we're watching TV, we're trying to cope. And now we're kind of, you know, migrating back to work. Some of us are still at home. What are five ways that average working parent can help their children fight obesity during this pandemic? Well, the first thing is the parents need to educate themselves on good food choices. And so once we educate ourselves, then we can educate the child or the children. Absolutely. So it's important that parents become supportive and encourage children to do the right thing. So we just like we encourage our children to have integrity and to be responsible citizens, food falls in that category. Proper nutrition falls in that category. So we have to educate our children. The third thing we can do is promote physical activity by becoming involved with the children in the physical activity. So maybe just one day it's okay, guys, put on your coat and your hat, your gloves, your shoes, your tennis shoes. We're going for a walk. Let's get out. We're going to walk around the neighborhood, greet our neighbors or what have you. Or maybe we're going to go to a park and walk the walking track, what have you. If there are bicycles in the home, go bike riding as a family. So it's important that we engage and promote physical activity for our children. Absolutely. Um, another thing we can do is we can get with the child and just kind of share ideas on meal planning. You know, snacks are important. I still snack because I love the snack, but I've changed what I'm snacking with. So versus having a bag of potato chips when I first started this journey, I would take little small uh, sandwich Ziploc bags, put a few chips in there, and that's what I would eat for the day. And I'd stretch it out over the course of a day. Mm, so, yeah. Things like that, um, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, raw vegetables instead of cakes, little Debbie cakes, things like that. Um, take the children with you grocery shopping and help them to select the right things, the right food choices off the shelf. If you don't bring the stuff into the home, they can't have it. Yeah. That's so true. that's something else you can do. But the most important thing is when you're dealing with children that are struggling with obesity or, or whomever in the family, it takes a tribe. So engage the whole family in the weight loss journey so they can be a support system for that person. That's very important. Build a tribe of support. That's good. Get the, And then get the whole family on board too. Like, hey, we, we eat exactly. less this season. I would also say too, a lot of times too, I feel like people don't know 
the resources either that's out here available to them. They do. I don't. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, so our children's hospital here is like rated number three in the country, and they have. Um, they actually have a um childhood obesity program, and a lot of people don't know that their insurance covers stuff like this. So definitely, I would encourage you also to check in your check with your pediatrician and see what resources your local area has available to you and do not be ashamed like to get to get out there and get some help because you know we all you know goes back to what I say all the time the generational junk and you know us being raised by people who didn't know any better and now they're having you know lasting more lasting effects and they're ramping up quicker because I know like even taking my kids to the pediatrician like they are literally testing kids now for um heart disease and yes shocking to me diabetes yes yeah it was shocking it was very shocking to me um and I know like my son um had childhood um sleep apnea and you know that also leads to weight gain um and just Mm -hmm. being just just be your kid's advocate and look for other you know solutions to other things that could be going on as well and other ways to help if you don't know how to make nutritious meals like they have classes with that too that they'll help teach you or stuff like that like because you know if you don't you don't know what you don't know so definitely don't be ashamed to advocate for your child it's more than different categories to advocate for them you know and that's correct and you know something else that you can also do is reach out to your insurance company because what's happened Mm -hmm. is childhood obesity has become to the attention of insurance companies because now they're spending so much money now on increased doctor's visits, lab visits, hypertension, the type two diabetes and other things that children are now developing by the age of eight and it's costing them a whole lot more money. Mm -hmm. So it has come to their attention that something has to be done. So they even have like a number you can call telehealth and talk to a nutritionist or a dietitian to get some ideas. And they can also provide you some meal um, choices and meal prep plans. So a lot of things available. If you have a local YMCA, reach out to them. They have resources that they can provide as well. Oh, even WIC. I thought about that too. If you get WIC in um, in your local area, you can, they're dietitians too. They'll give you healthy meal plans and stuff too because I once was a recipient of WIC and I know that they have definitely ramped up their um, familiar dietary um, education for sure. So yes. definitely, definitely, definitely look into that as well in your city. Listen, we're going to go to break, but when we come back, we are going to jump into something very, very serious um, about how to have the conversation with your child without embarrassing them. And also how to have the conversation and get people to get on your side to advocate for your family choices to uh, attack obesity. We'll be right back, guys. Hey, this is Sydney Chairman and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Hey, everybody, it's Alondra Brooks, your host at I Am Becoming Podcast Radio. I Am Becoming is what I would call inspirational gumbo. We will talk about becoming from motivational perspective, 
This platform will be an information highway for nuggets from the hair industry business to business in general, motivation. You can catch us every Sunday at 3 p.m. Come out and become with me. I cannot wait to hear from you. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Coach Alonda Brooks, and you are listening to I Am Becoming. We are back from break, and we have the childhood obesity advocate, Miss Constance Willard, and she has been dropping gems on how to make sure that we are aware and advocating for our children to not wrestle with childhood obesity. So I wanted to come back, Queen, and say, um, how do we have the conversation with our children without embarrassing them? I feel like as a parent, um, it's really, these new generation of kids are really, really sensitive, and a lot of things affect them so much more deeply than I remember as a kid. Like, I was obese growing up as a kid, but just, just, so we had to have tough skin, but I feel like um, my generation is raising a generation of children who are a little bit more sensitive in nature to um, having certain conversations. So how do we have um a healthy conversation how do we broach that without embarrassing them and as well as advocating for them when we go to parties or other social settings with other people um where we are getting on board with making healthier choices sure well you know you're right we have to protect that inner soul of these children mm-hmm. okay and we have to address the issue But the main thing is we do not want to kill spirits because, see, they're going through enough now with the obesity that's killing spirits in them already. So we don't want to kill that spirit. So if you have that conversation, you have to approach it gently, and you may have to have more than one. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if the child is overweight, just, you know, if there's someone in the family, maybe a grandparent that they know that's receiving insulin injections right now segue with that and say they are receiving these injections and have to receive these shots as the children would call it because uh, they have diabetes and just kind of explain to them what that is and what diabetes does to the body and just say if we do not and just don't say if you don't if we do not manage our weight this can be a result of it so i want to work with you and guarantee you longevity for one and a healthy lifestyle. So let's talk about this, you know, find out from the child, what do they feel? How do they feel about it? Get their input and some feedback from them and just kind of take it from there. Say it's about your health. It's not about your beauty. Okay. It's not all your lack thereof. It's about your health. And I want you to be here a long time and be able to enjoy life without being sick. So you have to approach it from that point of view. Yeah, that's good. I I definitely feel like I was always the heaviest person in my family. And I definitely know that it was hard kind of hearing it from other family members in my family because like one side of my family was the heavier side. And it was just like, those were the people who never spoke up. Like I was celebrated and embraced to be fuller figured, right? And so Mm -hmm. on the smaller side of the family everybody was like oh you know you need to kind of watch it watch your weight or whatever and I always felt uh, it was uncomfortable you know what I'm saying bracing those conversations nobody really tried to embarrass me like oh don't eat that you know what I mean or whatever but it just still was kind of like 
you don't how can you relate to what I'm going through so I think um it's easier for me to talk about it with my children because I have you know I have been heavier my whole life and I'm like listen stay active do everything you can because it's not really fun being obese like it comes with issues you know what I'm saying like I've been healthy for the most part of my life but now that I'm getting towards my 40s I'm like listen I gotta start making different life decisions because I see how far you know to the left it can go you know what I mean so I'm like I need to get back to the to the slimmer side of the church you know what I mean like I love exactly but I want to be healthy and I definitely want to live a, a fulfilled life you know for as long as I am supposed to be here so that's really good you know for your children's sake it's good that you can identify with the issue and talk about it with them mm-hmm. you know for me growing up my mother had never been obese so she didn't know how to deal with it she had no yeah. idea what I was going through the only thing she knew to say to me was well you need to lose weight yeah okay I agree but in the next 30 minutes you called me in the kitchen to offer me a pan of brownies so being that I was heavier growing up I do know that we definitely are foodies on both sides of the family, but I do feel like sometimes when you're already a heavier child, people feel like that's the only way that they can relate to you is with food. And it's crazy because I was heavier, but I wasn't ever really a big eater or emotional eater. Um, so for me, I was kind of like, I really don't want to eat. Like, And that was kind of like another issue for me was I was putting on weight because I wasn't really necessarily a eater um so that you know is also a thing but I definitely did go through a traumatic experience in my younger years that I felt like that kind of increased the situation um so it's it's very interesting um so like if you are a smaller parent or you haven't wrestled with your weight try not to incur like be mindful of the way that you interact with your child with food because it's like you want to fix the problem but then it's like you don't want to pestify them either because you feel like food is what they want and you don't want to harass either do not get into the the habit of harassing a child about you know just take it gradual and kind of talk them through it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then again, what parents don't realize is they have more control because, I mean, if you don't purchase that stuff and if you limit what you're fixing and you limit what you're putting on their plates, mm-hmm. you have the control right there. Yeah. I, I also control. for real feel like parents should deal with the emotional side of food, too, because it's very it's very emotional. Um, like a lot of times I feel like, well, my, you know, my parents went through a divorce when I was younger and we went through a big transition. Like we moved to a whole new city and state and like away from the family that we knew. So it was like getting adjusted to two like new things at one time that were major things was like a lot. So, you know, when you already don't have like good coping skills through certain things, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like also, too, I would I'm a big, very big advocate of um, mental health with with children, too. Like if you can't facilitate the conversation, definitely put them in therapy because they may feel more comfortable sometimes telling a therapist something that they may feel like will hurt your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Because they're still trying to learn how to manage their own um, feelings. So like definitely, definitely I'm, I'm a big advocate of, too, if you do see your child um, struggling with their weight as well. 
also therapy is an option too because there could be definitely something going on that's deeper you know what I mean too than just food choices exactly you know and I tell parents all the time especially when that child is getting ready to enter into puberty and so now they got to struggle with the obesity to deal with the changes the body's going so and then it becomes emotional and it can be serious very serious yeah and most kids that are obese go through puberty earlier too. So yeah, that that we we have to have you come back and talk about that because that's a whole nother that's a whole nother heavy hitter right there. Um, I know that also too you um you are an expert in talking about self sabotaging behavior. So I kind of want to shift gears a little bit um and talk about okay, you have been an advocate, you've overcome child obesity. So I know that you know, going into some of the mental health issues of being obese, especially from coming to a child, um, of having self-sabotaging mentalities. Because um, I know I definitely, that's an area that I had to overcome. Um, and sometimes not even really knowing that I was a self-sabotager. So like, what, what tips can you give us to kind of identify when somebody is self-sabotaging um, and maybe some pointers too on how to create healthy boundaries with yourself um, to not be a self-sabotager. Cause I know like I always am an advocate of plucking up roots because what you don't heal in your personal life definitely shows up in your business for sure. Yes. And so with the sabotaging behaviors, you have to be able to identify what your behaviors are and what those triggers are that cause you to engage in those behaviors. So what a sabotaging behavior is, anything that prevents an individual from being their best self. So if it's procrastination, if it's fear, if it's um, guilt, shame, whatever it may be, it's a sabotaging behavior. There's a plethora of them. Now for me, my biggest sabotaging behavior going up was Due to all of the negative feedback and comments that I received and the bullying and the teasing for being overweight, I became an overachiever because I wanted to draw some positive things toward me. So I became an overachiever. So I was that straight A student. I was the one that excelled in music. I was the one that did all these things. I was the smartest kid in my generation in the family because I wanted to excel. So my parents thought, I was fine because I was an overachiever. They had no clue of what I was going through. So I became that overachiever. So looking at me from the outside in, oh, she's fine. You know, she's, you know, she's a good kid. You know, she does well in school. She does all these things, but no, on the inside, different story. A different yeah, story. Yeah, that's really good so, that you brought that up for sure. Yeah. And kids don't want parents to know that they're going through things. A lot of times they don't want to share that. They don't want to bother their parents because they know their parents are busy or whatever. And they don't want to share that with their parents. Now, my mom did not recognize that anything was going on with me. Because like I said, you know, I was always well-behaved, good student. So she thought I was fine. But my dad knew something was off kilter with me. Mm. He knew something was off kilter with me. And so, you know, he watched me go through junior high and high school and not going to the prom and not being asked on a date and then going off to college, spending four years on a college campus 
And I never brought a boy home for them to meet because I was never asked out because I was overweight. So he picked mm. up, okay, something's off kilter with this girl. And so he just literally just asked me one day, he says, listen, do you feel that you deserve, that you really deserve the best that life has to offer? And I had to be honest with him, no, I don't. And he realized that my weight was the issue. So this was back in, I'm going to say the late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, uh, $2,000 was a lot back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This man spent numerous amount of dollars paying for me to go to weight loss programs so that mm -hmm. I could lose the weight. I lost the weight, but I was not able to sustain the weight loss. Nobody had dealt with the behaviors. Yeah. So I was right back to square one after spending all that money and, you know, going through the weight loss, getting a new wardrobe and all that stuff. But then no one had addressed the real issues of the problem. So I was back at square one. And so I developed all these behaviors. Then I had the mistrust because I didn't trust anybody because of how I've been treated and trust anybody. So I became more introverted. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, I knew how to be extroverted when I needed to be. Yeah. Okay. So, but the turning point for me was at the age of 47, and I saw my dad go through two massive strokes back to back. And it was due to poor nutritional habits, non compliance with medication. He was hypertensive and also a diabetic. And I said to myself, when I watched him in that hospital, I said, okay, we have got to change this. I can't go out like this. I've got to do something. So I had to recognize three things. I love to eat. Mm -hmm. I love good food. And I hate to be restricted. Yeah. Because all the diets I had been on, they restricted me. That's why yeah. they didn't last. I don't like to be restricted. <laughs> same. <laughs> That's same. I, I mean, I totally that, let's just that. be honest. I don't like it. So I says, you're going to have to figure out something where you cannot be restricted, eat the stuff you like, and enjoy the stuff that you like. So what I did was I got off of my couch because I had a routine. I'd come home from work. I'd eat dinner. I'd get on my couch, lay on the couch all evening watching television, then from the couch to my bed. No physical activity. That was mm -hmm. my routine. So I got off of my couch, but I also knew that if I was going to work out, I was going to have to go to the gym before I came home. Because once yeah. I get home and that garage door closes behind me, it's a wrap. I'm not going to. <laughs> right, right. I can so I had to that. recognize that within myself. And so I invested in some smaller plates and then taught myself portion control. Now, that was mm -hmm. the hardest thing to do because yeah. I was so used to eating at liberty and eating what I wanted how much I wanted, and to cut, to teach myself to cut portions, it took me about four to five months to get into that mindset of being successful. It was a struggle. Mm -hmm. And so when I started, at the time I had an upstairs house, so what I would do is I would eat and I'd clean my kitchen up and I'd go upstairs and I would not come back downstairs until the next morning because if I came back downstairs, I was going to eat. Yeah. And I knew it. So that's what I had to do. So I had to imprison myself in my bedroom to keep myself from eating. Now, was that a good thing for me to do? No, but 
it worked and it helped me to get on that journey of learning to cut my portions. Because what happens yeah. is the average size plate in a household is like seven and a half inches. Mm-hmm. Restaurants are nine. So that's way too much food. So I bought some smaller plates. I bought the four and a half to five inch plates. And so I cooked whatever I wanted to cook, whatever I wanted for dinner that day, I fixed it, but I put smaller amounts on my plate. And if it didn't fit on that little five inch plate, we didn't eat it. And when I ate that one time, that was a wrap, that was it. But mm, with that's time- good, That's good advice. Yeah, but with time, I was able to make that adjustment and stick to it. I still eat that way to this day. But mm-hmm. it took time for me to get there. So that's one thing we have to teach the child is, yes, you gain weight, but it didn't happen overnight and you're not going to lose it overnight. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change your behaviors overnight. It takes time, but you have to stick to the process. Mm-hmm. You have to. And so with the sabotage behaviors, that's like I said, that's something that's very near and dear to me. I have a room on Clubhouse every Monday night um, 9 p.m. Central called Sabotaging Behaviors and How to Overcome Them. And that's what we talk about. We talk about the many types of behaviors and how do you address them and how they're affecting you and how do you counteract them. And again, it does not happen overnight. It's a process. Yeah, that's good. Tell us where we can connect with you on social media and if you have any other projects coming up that we can support you on. Okay, so the 29th of this month, I'll be working with an organization, a youth organization out of England called Kamara Youth. And they're having a health intervention and empowerment summit for um, young adults and teens. And so I'll be speaking on their platform. And that's going to be January 29th. And then also in my local community of Montgomery, Alabama, there's an organization called Precious Pearls, Pearls and Pink. And they are sponsoring a girls and women's explosion. And that's going to be March 5th. And so I will be there. I'll have a booth set up there and be doing some um, counseling and some giving guidance on weight loss tips and things to help children with that. Um, I also have a book anthology where I'm having a call for authors right now. It's called The Invisible Soul. Now, The Invisible Soul came out of me feeling invisible during my obesity struggle. And so I'm looking for 15, I'm sorry, 30 women and men to join this collaboration and to tell their story about a time where they felt socially isolated, mistreated, overlooked, invisible, just like I felt, and to put their story in words and to allow their story to be of encouragement to someone else. You can reach out to me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram I'm at my handle is um, Illinois educator on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. And my website is www.constancewillard.com. And so if you go to my website, it'll tell you all about my different programs, um, my different article features, the books that I've um, published, and so forth. And my childhood obesity platform is there as well. It's other things that I do, some leadership training and things I do there. And so that's how you can connect with me. Thank you so much. This is like, I really feel like somebody is going to get some strategies and some healing from this particular episode um, because this is a real, like, childhood obesity is on the rise. 
Um, we know our former first lady, forever first lady, Michelle Obama, took up the cause um, as a first lady to uh, stamp out childhood obesity. And so, listen, um, I'm a former <laughs> a former child who uh, struggled with obesity um, into my adulthood as well. So it is definitely, definitely um, near and dear to my heart as well. Um, and so I couldn't wait to really discuss the topic and to get some tips um, out there for people because I know just having my ear to the community a lot of people have been you know wrestling with their kids with it as well um, so thank you so much for coming on I am becoming today thank you and, for having me it's been a pleasure it has been my pleasure oh my pleasure and uh, you guys know that you can always find me on Facebook and Instagram under I must become the number one you can find me on LinkedIn under The Becoming Coach. And I am also on TikTok underneath The Becoming Coach um, as well. And I'm on, I said Twitter, I'm on Twitter. But you guys can also go to my website as well, imustbecome.com. Listen, it's never not a time to become, guys. And you can tackle anything that anybody throws your way one step at a time, one solution at a time. Don't let it consume you. You consume it. Listen, I love y'all. Remember, this is the year of the greatest leap ever. Take a bet on yourself. You are a sure thing. Everything that you need is already within you. Trust me. Believe me. I'm a living witness. Everything that you need to, to become for your legacy, for yourself, um, it's your birthright. It's already within you. Remember, don't do anything for man's approval, but do everything with man in mind because we are all an intricate piece of the puzzle in this circle called life. Meet me here or beat me here every Sunday at 3 p.m. I love you in real life and I'm rooting for you. I'm so proud of you. Happy New Year. Peace. Mm-hmm.